sorry, for deep South American church where, where um, <laughs> a little boy was in church with his dad. And he said to his dad, he said, Dad, Dad, what's it mean when the man gets to the front of the church? He said, well, that means, son, that man is going to bring the word of God to us. All right. He said, Dad, Dad, what's it mean when that man opens the book? He says, well, when the man of God opens the book, he's going to preach the word of God. And he said, Dad, Dad, what does it mean when the man of God takes off his watch? He says, in my opinion, son, nothing at all. <laughs> Amen. 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 I was really blessed um, uh, when uh, John rang me some weeks ago and said, would I, would I come and, and speak? Uh, and really encouraged because he said that you were looking at the book of Ephesians. And, and uh, well, as a church in Faversham, we've been dwelling on Ephesians quite a bit. In fact, we did a whole series on Ephesians chapter 6 and being mighty warriors of God and learning how to put on the full armor. And what does it mean to put on the full armor? Uh, but God changes messages quite often. And this week I've been sitting there reading the, book, the passage that I thought I was going to pick and that went out of the window. So then I chose a second and then I stopped tarrying and then I asked God, I said, look, this message that you want me to bring, he said, well, it's quite simple. And you've sung this. And it's this. Grace that's changing me from a helpless or a hopeless case into a child that's free. And Fred spoke about this. Do you want to have the type of relationship with God that you sing about in your songs? Do you want to know Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah the healer? Do you want to know Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah peace? Do you want to know Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah the provider? The God who provides for you. And you know, he's going to provide for you today. He's got a blessing for you today, which is not a blessing for tomorrow. It's a blessing for today and that will change tomorrow, that will become stronger tomorrow. And each day, God gives you a blessing for the day. Let me ask you a question. Is it better to give or receive? Let's do a poll, shall we? Who thinks it's better to give? And who thinks it's better to receive? (laughs) Amen. Amen. I'll explain why I say amen. Normally, if I ask that and there are children in the room, the children's hands go up like rockets. On the, hand, on, the, on the wanting to receive, wanting to get something, wanting to get something. I've asked Julian if he'll just read a, a little passage. Well, in fact, I haven't told him what it is yet uh, from, uh, from, the, from the, the message. And it's uh, Matthew chapter 11 and uh, round about verse 28. You'll know where it is when you get there. But it's uh, really good. Matthew's right at the front. It's only in the New Testament, but you know. <laughs> Matthew 11, verse 28, putting worship leaders under the spot. Sometime today will be good. Uh. (laughs) You'll have to prompt me. Going from, are you tired? Okay. Are you tired? Worn out? burnt out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful word? You know, if you read it in your own, in your own uh, Bibles, I don't know what versions you use, and I guess in the church we've probably got quite a few different versions. Uh, for many years I sort of drifted between versions. I was challenged some weeks ago, uh, probably months ago now, by a little lady that came to visit our church. And she said, Pastor, at the back of the church you've got these black Bibles. They've got ESV written on them, but yet you preach from a different Bible. And I, I didn't have an answer for that. It's just that a, a translation that I was using at the time, the New Living Translation, had been one I'd used for a while. And I thought, okay, maybe it does cause confusion when I preach from a different version. So I went out and I brought myself a study Bible in the ESV. Uh, and now I'm kind of dwelling in it uh, because it's a very literal translation and it really pulls open the Word of God. And, and for me, it, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Are you really desirous to, to receive from God this morning? Do, do you, you want something? You know, I asked the question, is it better to give or receive? If you turn with me in your Bibles very quickly to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're only going to, it's a story that you know really well. We're just going to drop in here for a minute. Have you ever seen the comedian Bill Bailey on, on telly? Have you seen Bill Bailey? He always starts his slow show very slowly because he says he, he, he never knows where he's really going to start. And I guess preaching's a bit like that. Introductions can be, well, a bit misleading at times. Anyhow, Luke chapter 10. And uh, we're going to just pick up just uh, from verse 38. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha... Welcomed him, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat, sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So if I ask you the question again now, is it better to give or to receive... That's going to give you a quandary. Because here you have the one sister that was busying herself, chasing around, getting ready to provide for, for the Lord. What do you like to eat? Is it tuna? Does he like tuna sandwich? Maybe, maybe a tuna sandwich. Would you brown bread or white bread? I don't, I don't know. I mean, if, if we were to get ready for Jesus to come and visit us, what would we be wanting to do? We'll be rushing around. We'll be thinking about exactly, you know, who, who had visitors here today? Someone's got visitors. You've got visitors, haven't you? So what happens when you're getting ready for visitors? You clean up. You're worn out. You're frazzled already. You're running around. You know, in Faversham just this last week, 
unprecedented amount of council activity. I've never seen anything like it. Sweeping the roads, chopping down hedges, cutting down bushes, because somebody was going to come through the town carrying a torch. You know, amazing. Huge amount of expense. Getting ready for an event. And every time we come to church, we need to be getting ready for an event. We need to be, every time you come to the Word of God, you need to be getting ready for an event. Because God wants to do something with that Word. You know, we sing songs in church, we sing some amazing things. God, you are my healer. God, you are my deliverer. God, you are my comfort. God, you are my strength. And we come into church with carrier bags full of rubbish that we've built up in our lives throughout the week. The things that trouble us, the things that worry us, the things we don't even tell our partners and friends, the things that really bind us together and bind us up inside. And what happens? We come into church and somehow during the course of worship, it's almost as if the cross is here and we come and we put our bags down at the foot of the cross. But as soon as we finished our coffee and we come back through... As we're walking out again, almost as an afterthought, we bend down and we pick up that carrier bag that we came in with and take all that rubbish back out again. And that's not what God wants. God wants us to take from him and to be built up and encouraged to become the people that we sing about in the songs. So that God healing is a marvellous, wonderful occurrence that isn't just for something we read about from some challenge elsewhere. I'm glad that Dave mentioned Heidi. Uh, I'm reading a book about Heidi at the moment. Amazing faith. Amazing faith. You know, people talk in church about wanting to see God doing something supernatural. Do you know what God says about that, I believe? I believe that God says, this is me being natural. What you think is supernatural is me being natural. And I want you to get your head around it so that when God does something, when I do something in your life, he says, it's a natural occurrence. Do not be amazed. Amen. Amen. Do you get this? And what Julian read out was this about a struggle that we have in our lives. That we struggle with things. As Christians, we struggle with things. We don't know whether we should say something. We're not very confident at times in actually being people that would stand up. You know, there's, in recent years, there's been much challenges made when perhaps a, a, a newspaper would carry a small cartoon about what they believe Muhammad looked like. And the outcry from the Islam church was incredible. What, you know, this is all wrong. But every single day, in every place you work, somebody next to you will take your God's name in vain. They will say something, that they, it will be a castaway. It will be a throwaway phrase. And they will just not think anything of it. A dear friend of mine has a very favourite phrase of hers. And she often says, Jesus wept. And as soon as she says it, I say, John 11, 35, check it out. Check it out. You know, it's word of God, Jesus wept. But people throw these things away. We're not good in our confidence. You've been looking at Ephesians. I started reading Ephesians again and again recently, and, and uh, it is. Such, I love Paul. I love the way Paul writes. I love the way Paul thinks. I love the way Paul speaks. I love the fact that, that he was a person who was not afraid. And that's what God is asking for us to be people who are confident in Him, not in ourselves, but in Him, that He will accomplish 
everything and more that we ask of him. Turn with me now in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. From verse 14, Paul says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, in your inner being. Let that soak in. Let that soak in and claim it. Take it. Take it. Claim that verse. That your inner being will be strengthened by the knowledge of God. So that Christ, I love this word, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. David, that's the word, the saints, with all the saints. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Filled with all fullness. <laughs> doesn't, that make you, doesn't that make you just get a little bit excited? God wants to pour his love into you so that you're completely full. And just when you think you're full, he's going to fill you up again. And not only that, but that fullness of God, the fullness is the very nature of God. That nature of God is the full outpouring, the full anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when you move and live and breathe in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you are not afraid to walk up to someone in the street and say to them, I'm sorry, you don't know me, but God has just given me a word for you. Do you mind if I pray for you? It freaks people out. But hey, it is amazing. The times that conversations that, that happen through opportunities like that. I was sitting on a train the other day and I was reading a book. Uh, Joseph Prince, I love Joseph Prince. I've read a Joseph Prince book. And I was sitting there, and this lady sat opposite me. And I could see, as I just looked up from the top of the book, that, that her heart was full, her heart was heavy. I had my coffee and my book. I said, what's troubling you? She said, I'm sorry? I said, you're troubled. What's troubling you? She said, I've just, I've just left my friend in, in hospital. She's, she's seriously ill. I don't know if I'm going to see her again. I said, do you believe in God? She said, there's something there. It's kind of, I've got to, well, I used to go to church as a kid. You know, I've got a, I've got a bit of a nodding acquaintance. You know, lots of people have a nodding acquaintance with God. You know, in, in, I'm not sure, those of you who lived in Home Bay for many, many years, you probably see people that you don't know by name, but you're quite happy to nod to. You know, because you, you know them. They, you don't know what their name is, but you know them, if you know what I mean. So you walk along and, hello. And they wave at you and you wave back. In Faversham, they do a, a, a Faversham greeting. It's, oi. And, <laughs> and, and everybody walks around, oi. 
They don't know who they are. You know, you can have conversations with people you don't know who they are. You just chat to them. And I, I, you know, so I said to this lady, and she's having nodding quince. I said, would you like me to pray with you? And this was a busy train, packed commuter train. And she just reached over and grabbed my hands and said, please, please. So I was able to pray with that lady on the train about a friend and about her own walk with God, and then she had to get off. I haven't seen her since. I don't really know what, what you know, happens. But you trust, you plant that, you put that in, in, in God's hands. But the point is, it's about being available. And when God puts his hand upon you and he says, I want you to do something, don't kick against it. Never kick against it. Now, this is a lovely thing about being full with all fullness. You're all familiar with the chapters, uh, Acts chapter, chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit descended, and everybody started to speak in tongues. But did you see what happens to the disciples as soon as that happened? As soon as the Holy Spirit poured out into their lives, they all started to go forward in the faith and do things for Jesus. And they started to talk about him in a different way. They started to do things. You know, it wasn't un- uncommon from the very next chapter. Chapter 3, Peter and John going to the house of the Lord to pray. There's a guy sat at the door and he's been begging. He's been making his living out of begging. And they can, they hold out, he holds out his hands and he says to Peter and Paul, he says, have you, have you got some money for me? Peter just says to him, look at me. Look at me. And you, you know, some people can't hold a gaze. And you look upon someone, and he looked at him and he said, I haven't got money. I haven't got silver. I haven't got gold. But what I have got, I give you. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And you know what he did then? He put his hand down. And you read it in your Bibles. And he took his hand and he raised him up. And that man had to take Peter's hand and be raised up. And God is asking us, when he's lavishing his gifts on us, when he has blessings for us, and that may be a healing, that may be a deliverance, it may be just, just a, walk, a, a closer walk with him. He wants you to put your hand out and take hold. You know, the disciples, when they worked with Jesus, you know, they never actually went to Jesus and said, Lord, would you teach us how to preach? Did they? They, you know, they never went to Jesus and said, Lord, would you, would you teach us how to... To teach, didn't happen. Lord, would you teach us how to baptize? That didn't happen. They went to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus taught them how to pray. And in the middle of that prayer, there's the line, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Have you really got your head around that praise, that promise? That all those things that you expect to happen in heaven can happen here, right now, on earth. Amen. Let's hear it. Amen. And it asks us to touch out, to reach out, and to take. Is it better to give or to receive? You know, Mary was receiving the better part. She sat at Jesus' feet and received teaching and received blessing from Jesus. And Jesus described that as the better part. Amen. In this passage here, we have this lovely phrase that, you know, according to the riches of his glory. What does that do to you? When you're thinking about it, you read things like the riches of glory, and you know what God has lavished upon you and what he wants to lavish upon you, that according to that riches of glory, he may grant you to be strengthened 
with power. Do you feel like mighty warriors? Do you feel like strong people? <laughs> Getting, there. Getting there. Amen. Amen. It's such a challenge for us. In our Western understanding, we find that we have to be restrained. We have to be polite about things. I know maybe it's me getting old and me getting more grumpy or just perhaps the way the Lord's using me. I'm finding that I, I'm a lot more likely to say something now than I did before. I'm a lot more likely to act now than I did before. And I love this phrase here. That he may be granted to be strengthened through the power in his spirit. His spirit in your inner being. Inner being. Empowered. Full of the Holy Spirit. Full of all fullness, actually. So that Christ, it says, may what? Dwell. Isn't that a good word? Some, some versions have abide, live, dwell. Dwell means, very literally, to live comfortably. To live comfortably. Permanent. Permanent. Peter asked for boldness. Peter claimed boldness. He had boldness. He had boldness to preach and boldness to teach. When the Holy Spirit came upon Peter and he started to preach, thousands were added to the church that day. Thousands. That's when boldness comes, and it's not manly boldness. It's heavenly boldness. It's not manly boldness. It's godly boldness. It's spirit-filled boldness. Boldness. And how do we know that works out? And how do we know that pours out? Because at the end of this passage, the end of this lovely little bit, it says, to him who is able to do far more abundantly, abundantly, than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Within us. I have some really wild thoughts at times, but even the wildest thought, God is able to make it bigger, better, greater. You see, whatever you put in the hands of God, he multiplies. Whatever you put in his hands, he multiplies. Remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000? There was a boy there with a kipper sandwich. That's all he had. <laughs> Fish and bread. That's all he had. And yet Jesus took it and multiplied it. Whatever you put in your, in, in your Saviour's hands, he will multiply. His blessings to you are beyond measure. You know, the, the blessing that you're under today will be, be blessed again tomorrow. And he wants to bless you. Right now, and if you're in work right now, if you're in a, in a place of employment, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a good place to be. Every, every, every office is having yet another shuffle, having another think about how they're going to work. They were talking about, what's your job description? Have you ever thought about Jesus' job description? John chapter 10. We get two job descriptions here in, the, in one verse. The thief, that being Satan, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. <coughs> to steal, to kill, and destroy. Let me say this. You know, if you really believe in God, you have to believe in the devil. You know, 
churches seem to have, have stopped to, to preach that we're in a warfare, that we're in a battle zone. Every single one of you. As soon as you start to, to come into church, you will start to become under attack. As soon as you start to get closer to God, the more the devil will try to get in. He will try, if he can't actually damage your relationship with God, he'll try and attack your family. And if he can't attack your family, he'll attack your job. If he can't attack your job, he'll attack your car. He will do something to wind you up. He will do something just to try and try. Do you recognize this? Put your hands up if you recognize this in your lives. Because, you know, those times when you don't understand what's going on and you get really annoyed and you think, oh, really annoying. As soon as that happens, you've taken your eyes off Jesus. Taken your eyes off. And here, this great job description. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now let me tell you, Christians and brothers and sisters, when you come into church and, and you receive the word of God, and you sometimes you sit there and you think, yeah, that word's for me. It might only be a part of a message, but it's a part of a message. And you can cling to it and you claim it. You say, that word is for me. I am going to be stronger in my inner being through the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's my word. What happens is as soon as you step outside this place, the devil says, was that really for you? What about a person on your left? She needs it a lot more than you do. Or that person on your right, you know what she's like. You see, Satan is the father of all lies. And he will lie to you and saying that that message which you're claiming right now, the message, that, that, that word that you're claiming right now for yourself, maybe you're not even aware that you're claiming, maybe it's just the fact that, that hang on, something Jim has said had just rung true. I'm not walking as I'd like to walk. I don't know Jesus any other, any other way than having a nodding relationship with him. But Jesus wants you to walk hand in hand. You see, we have not a religion. We have a relationship. A relationship with someone who truly loves us unconditionally. A relationship with someone who never lets us down. A someone who will never let us go. Someone who will never let us drop away. But you see, the, the Satan, here, his, his job description... To steal, to kill, and destroy. And the counteract. I have come. This is Jesus speaking. I have come. That they may have what? Life. Shout it at me. Life. And it abundantly. Abundant life. Amazing. The power of abundant life. Job descriptions. You see, Jesus came to give us life. To take hold of our lives, to fill us, to fill us again, and to go on filling us. That's abundant life. And when we're living abundant life, there is no fear, there is no panic, there is no terrible, terrible occasion. You see, God wants us to recognize his natural being. You know, we're talking about the natural gospel, the right gospel, the, the authentic gospel. This is the real word of God. So that we have a, a churches full of people who are confident in their faith and are willing to take God at his word. God says it, I believe it. That ends it. God said it. There's a second part, really, of, of, of uh, the job description of Jesus, and that comes really from, from when uh, um, he was being baptized, and, and John the Baptist said, you know, I, I'm baptizing in water. 
But the one who comes after me, Jesus, he will baptize you in Holy Spirit and in fire. In fire. All things are tested in fire. I was interested recently, we were doing a, a series on, on testing and temptation. We were talking about the difference between faith and hope. And we were looking at the word testing. You know, a bridge is tested for its strength. Metal is tested for its pliability and its strength. We talk about being tempted, but we are tested from time to time to see if we can stand it. And when we are tested, it's not that we are looking for a breaking strain. It's looking that we are strong enough to stand. Strong enough to stand and take it. Amazing stuff. The word of God talks to us today, live for today. You know, you say maybe that your life's in a mess. Well, yes it is. That's why God sent Jesus. And just as we sung that, 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 that wonderful word in the, the Townsend song, I think it's a Townsend song that says, you know, your grace is changing me. Grace. God's unmerited favour. Undeserved favour. When God gives us the stuff in our lives we don't deserve, what we really deserve is punishment. Because we've stepped out of line. We've stepped away from God. But God saw that And he sent his son. And his son took the punishment in our place. And as the nails were driven into his hands, he had our plastic bags of rubbish nailed to his hands with it. When he he was there on the cross, everything that God had for us, he gave to Jesus. So that everything he had for Jesus, he can give to us. Do you see that? That's the exchange of grace. Everything that God should have given us in terms of punishment, in terms of pain, in terms of eternal separation and separation from God, all those things that should have been ours, gave to Jesus on the cross so that we could have everything that Jesus should have had. That's grace. We don't deserve it. We can't work it up. We can't build it up. But that's God's Unmerited favour. Undeserved favour. Acts 3 is really that power, that grace in action. I haven't got any money, but I have this. There's Paul, Peter and Paul, in that, in that strength. In that strength and that knowledge of the anointing that you know, God has said there is nothing that is too difficult. Nothing that is too difficult. And God wants you to face life believing that everything that Jesus deserves, you will get. Can you follow that? Everything that Jesus deserves, you will get. You've been entered into an inheritance. And the inheritance that was, was, was for Jesus, you too are in that inheritance. Isn't that amazing? You see, if you expect good things to happen to you not because you deserve it but because God loves you good things will happen to you turn with me to to Psalm chapter 1 Psalm chapter 1 I love the Psalms it's a good place if you just want to jump into uh, 
to pick up something to encourage you. You pick up Psalms. Psalms chapter 1. Blessed. Why is it we say blessed and not blessed? You know, it's a preacher's way of saying blessed, because in fact, the word is blessed. Blessed means to be made happy. To be made happy. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In this case, the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And on his word or law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. Do you remember that with the verse we read earlier on talking about being rooted? It's the same word. Rooted, planted by streams of water and yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he (coughs) prospers. He prospers. He prospers. What does it mean to meditate? Anyone? Have a guess? Chew over is a good phrase. To think about some things. You know, we, we, we often think about, if you see, see pictures of people meditating, they're sitting in a strange position. <laughs> a contorted position. That would probably take away my thought process if I sat in a position like that. I'm sure it would. I'd certainly shift to the pain in my knee or something like that. But, you know, a good translation of the word meditate is actually to mutter. To mutter. So that chew over becomes quite good. And if you're muttering to yourself, is a really good way of encouraging yourself. Blessed is the man. Who's the man? I'm the man. Blessed I'm I when I walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who's the ungodly? People who are not going to give me sound advice. Who's going to give me sound advice? They're the people I'm going to look for. Blessed am I when I look for the people who are going to give me sound advice. And those people who give me sound advice are not the people who wouldn't. So when I'm blessed in that way, you know, I'm not going to move in those circles. But, but my delight will be in the word of God because the word of God encourages me. The word of God builds me up. The word of God feeds me. And I'm a hungry person. I need the word of God. You know, some people get sort of some strange of dysfunctional indigestion after they read two words. Really feast on the word of God. Feast on it. His delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And on this word, he meditates day and night. Now, this is what happens when you dwell in the word of God. This second passage, this second part of it, this is grace again. This is grace. He is like a tree planted. This is not an accidental tree. This is not a tree that occurs because a pod has fallen off another tree. This is a tree that is planted. Someone, the gardener, the great gardener, has dug a hole, he's put a seed in, he is planting the tree. What is a tree that is planted? Wake up. It's a sapling, but what else? What happens to a tree that is planted? It grows. And how does it grow? It takes root. And how does that happen? Somebody looks after it. So when you're planting a tree, this is God planting you as a tree, he looks after you. He'll cut off the bad branches. He snips us back sometimes, which is painful. But he waters us. And in this passage here, he doesn't just water us with one stream. It's streams of water. That is God's abundant provision. Not just one stream, 
Now I'm planting a tree called Dave. I'm not going to give him one stream because he's a thirsty bloke. I'm going to give him streams. Streams of living water. Streams of, of water that will feed the root. That yields fruit in its season. That says something to you that you will have a season where there will be fruit. Where what God has given you will multiply. And that final line, in all that he does, in all that he touches, will prosper. You see, God wants us to enter into that abundant part of life. The fullness of which he fills us. Do you get that? The full abundant life. We don't restrict him. We don't hold back. You know, there's a, there's a, a place that, that says enlarge in Isaiah. It says enlarge the place of your tent. Put out the tent posts. And what often we do in our life is that we, we have a picture, we have an image, or we have a relationship with God which is on our circumstances, on our terms. I will let God work in this part of my life and this part, but he's not going to get into that bit because that bit's mine. That's my golf on a Friday. Oh, that's my football on a Saturday afternoon when West Ham are winning 6-0. Oh, Lord, please, this year. But no, it's... Uh, <laughs> that, that's not it. We let God take control and have it all. And the more that we give him, the more he gives us. Do you remember the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus being up a tree, wanting to see Jesus. And he said, that, look, if I've, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to sell half of my goods, give it to the poor. If I cheated anybody, I'll give them fourfold. But he understood what it, what it meant to give because Jesus had said that he will give more. He will lavish. He will give more. So in our giving, our giving should be generous. In our relationship with God, it should be wanting to receive much. Do you understand? It's not about taking small parts. It's taking everything that he's got for us. Wanting to be blessed. Wanting to be blessed. If you read that, that passage, go back and look at the story of Zacchaeus. Before that was the story of the rich ruler. And the rich ruler asked Jesus, what could I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, he said, go and, you know, what about the law? And he said, all these things I've kept since my youth. Jesus preached the law to him. He said, well, go and sell the goods and give to the poor. And he couldn't. He went away sorrowful. Disciples asked Jesus about that. They said, what does that mean? And he said, it's really difficult for wealthy people to enter the, the kingdom of God. He said, it's like camels going through an iron needle. And he said, but he who gives will gain much. You see, God wants to give us Amazing blessings. He wants us to, see, to be people who will be strong enough and confident enough to receive from him. I believe this morning that God has want, wants to move. I believe that some of you have got things you want to be prayed about. Just as Fred said. Now's the time not to be shrinking. Now's the time to have confidence. Say, I believe that God can deal with this. Because God wants to. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, your word is clear to us. Your word is truth. Lord, your word encourages us to receive from you today. 
Your word encourages us to be the people that are strong enough to witness, strong enough to share, strong enough to believe. Lord, we sing about you being Jehovah Rapha, the healer for today. Lord God, we thank you for that. And we pray into that right now, Lord, that we would have confidence to come forward and know that you will touch our lives, that you will make a difference in our lives, that you will heal those conditions, those things which perhaps we've not even spoken about to others. Lord, for those here that are are struggling, are anxious, they've got full of anxieties and, and and worries and fears. Lord, you have said through your word, do not be anxious about anything, but in all things give thanks. Lord God, I pray that those would receive that blessing. Lord, that your word would be planted deep within us, that we would move with those unforced rhythms of grace that we would know what it means to accept your unmerited favour, to to be strong with that, Lord God. We thank you for your word. Oh, Lord God, we pray, Lord, that we would not lose the blessing that you have given us this morning. We pray against the father of lies. We pray against the great stealer of, of thoughts, the stealer of blessing. We pray against him. And we ask, Lord God, that whatever you give us this morning, you will cement in our hearts and in our lives that we will be better people going forward in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if you have a, an issue you want to, to, to be prayed for, then, then please come forward. I, I, you know, I, is that okay? Is that what you, you do here? I, I'd love to pray for people who, who, who need prayer. Don't sit on your blessings. <laughs> you know? Don't leave without having received what God wants for you. So please, if, if you need want prayer, come forward and I will pray. Thank you. Actually, you want prayer.